0: You want to overcome overwhelm for once and for all, this is the place for you. Hello Mama Docs. Welcome back. Are you in for a treat today? I recently had the most wonderful conversation with my coach and friend Danielle Tienel. She is a coach for Catholic moms who want to find peace in their life. I'm a coach for physician moms. We both want to help moms feel better. So we put our heads together and we had a most wonderful conversation about how to help our mamas stop yelling and to create the peace and calm that we so crave in our lives. It was an honor to be a guest on the Peaceful Mind podcast for Catholic
1: moms, and I'm so happy
0: to share it with you today.
1: Welcome, Michelle. So happy to have you on the podcast today. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks, Danielle. Yes. Why don't you take a minute to tell my listeners just a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. Thank you. I'm Michelle
0: Chestovich and I am a mom of four and I am a family physician and I'm a life coach.
1: And can I add you're a Catholic mom? Yes. Thank (laughs) you. Yes, I am. So I, um, have mentioned, uh, I did in my little intro that you are not only a client of mine, but we didn't talk about this before, but as our friendship has grown, when we first met becoming life coaches together, that we are actually through marriage family. I know. (laughs) Can I tell that little story?
0: I love it. It's like, (laughs) seriously, you know, again, we believe that God brings us to certain places in life. Like that to me was like, wow, phenomenal.
1: So what happened was I am, you know, my father is one of 12 in a big Catholic family. And I have a lot of cousins, a lot that are even distant cousins that I don't, you know, know very well. But I noticed that even one of my first cousins through Facebook had the same last name as you. And by chance I asked you and you have done like, you know, ancestry work. Right.
0: I haven't, but my husband's aunt had. And so we had just gotten a book the year prior with like the Chestovich family. And Uh there were six brothers who came over from Croatia. Uh And one of the brothers was your cousin's, I think
1: great grandfather. I know. So everyone listening, look at how God worked in there. Michelle and I just really hit it off. And then just because I was curious about this last name that matched, then we found out we were actually like cousins through marriage. So how fun is that? (laughs) I will take it. Yeah. So let um again, you mentioned that you are a life coach physician for moms, but I have noticed in your work that you talk a lot about the subject of how to stop yelling. And I wanted you to tell me more about that because I know that my clients and listeners bring up to me all the time that they lose their patience and they want to be able to be a more gentle and calm mom. And kind of think something's wrong and broken with them. So tell me more about your work there.
0: Yes, I agree. I see that in my uh, mom clients as well. And just for myself, having had four little kids, four under six, I think I had at one point running around being kids. And um, I used to always say out loud when things were getting a little rambunctious, dear Lord, please give me patience. So, I mean, that's always great to like ask for grace and have patience like land upon us. And yet through coaching, I realized that we can create the patience that we crave. I know you've talked about in the past, how the way we're thinking creates our feelings. Um, So if it's a feeling of fate, patience that we want, how do we get there? But I usually start number one, looking at like, why are we yelling? You know, that's the action that we want to change. And I always just tell people, number one, This is not a problem. So many of us worry that we're horrible mothers because we yell. We don't want to yell. And yet the first thing that I feel we need to do is give ourselves some self-compassion. We are good mothers because if we didn't care, like it wouldn't bother us that we yell.
1: Yeah, I know that. When I had... My three, and they were all young, which it's actually when more of the yelling and frustration happened, I'm, I'm realizing now through all of this work and what we've learned through coaching that it was, be, it was not because of what they were doing, but because I was so stressed out and yes. think, you know, and, and thinking that I didn't want them, it to be this hard or be this way. And, and then I found myself losing it, right. and yelling. And then there was the whole beat up, like I wanted to be a mom so badly. And I never pictured myself raising my voice and, you know, getting all hot in the face and steam. And so then it was, it just, the guilt sets in and I used to have to, you know, I guess, and I see that from my clients too. They tell me if like, I'm not a good mom or if only I were more patient Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Right. So then we get in this like self-judgment and we're like, I shouldn't do that. And then we feel inadequate. Well, how do we show up when we're feeling inadequate? Right. Not necessarily our best self. So the first thing I say, the number one step, if we want to yell less self-compassion, mm. it's like absolutely love self-love. It. Like we are humans and sometimes we yell. And that doesn't make us bad moms. And
1: two, we can learn to change the habit, no problem. Right. And that's, I love that self love because the way I always think about self compassion for myself is what if one of our mom friends told us that she yelled at her kids and was feeling terrible? Like, what would we say to her? We would yeah. say to her, that's it, it happens, it's normal. Yes. And, you know, you you can be forgiven. And we would just tell her to forgive herself and move on. You are a good mom. You know, we 100%. just messed up.
0: And yet we're often our very harshest critics. So like, that's so huge because once we realize, ah, I'm human and I made a mistake and that's okay. And I can apologize. Now, what do I want to do moving forward? So what I talk to people about when we want to change this habit, if you found yourself kind of in this uh, habit of yelling is just, again, understanding that the brain likes efficiency. So of course we've got a habit. There's a thing that happens all the time, a circumstance, and we have just general default thoughts about it. And it usually makes us feel frustrated or annoyed. Those are the most common feelings that I see as triggers. And so really the first step is just awareness. What is it that's causing me to yell? What's going on? And then some people say, well, it's like a mess all over the floor. Okay. But it's actually not the mess on the floor. What are you thinking about the mess on the floor?
1: Can I, let me in um, my, what I hear from my clients is My kids are very difficult. Or if the kids wouldn't act that way, then I wouldn't have to yell. And I know that I find myself in that position a lot. Yeah. Right. If you would just do what I said, then I wouldn't have to be a yelling mom. Right. Or if you came the first three times I asked you to please empty
0: the garbage, like then (laughs) life would be perfect. And, you know, I do have a lot of people who say, gosh, it's that fourth time that I just, you know, I lose it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, great. Well, let's explore that. So you're having a thought, I shouldn't have to ask four times. And that makes you feel frustrated or annoyed. And then the action is yelling. So again, really exploring what am I thinking when I get to this like, quote unquote, breaking point. Mm -hmm. And we don't often notice it in the moment. So this is something that's good to reflect on later, if you're wanting to change this habit, because most of us in that moment, it's just, you know, I would say the horse is out of the barn, like it's already happening. But later when we reflect, we think, okay, what was I feeling? What was I thinking?
1: Yes. And now that I know this, now that I know, and I can see that it was, you know, it isn't what they're doing, but what I'm thinking about they're doing that's causing this. And then after it's happened and I watch myself start to feel bad or feel guilty about it. And now that I know, well, I have power over feeling guilty too. So, Is this going to serve me? Am I going to bounce back and go back to, you know, serving my family like I want to if I stay feeling guilty? So now I find I can, um, I guess, get myself out of it faster and quicker, which is what I love about learning about this work, about how our thoughts create our feelings. But not a lot of moms out there know that. And then they keep adding on, layering on self-judgment on top of that. Do you find that as well?
0: That's exactly right. Because you don't realize, like, I thought it just happened. Like, I thought I just lived in the land of frustration because I had children that weren't necessarily listening to me or a mess. And I thought I had to control everything and have it just so in order to feel that kind of calm and patience. Um, But in learning the tools, right, that I can take a step back, like what is going on here in my brain? But so again, I usually just say, start with like getting curious. What is going on? Why are you feeling this way? And when I dig in, when I'm working one-on-one with a client, I love to ask, well, like, well, why is that a problem? Which I know you've mentioned too, like, well, why Mm -hmm. is that a problem? Interestingly enough, it often comes back to us thinking we're not doing a good job as a mom. Right. Interesting. You know, like, okay, so I say something to my child and they talk back to me and that makes me annoyed. And then I snap at them. Well, why is it a problem that they spoke back to me? You know, and then it might come out that like, well, I feel like I'm you know, raising disrespectful children. And then again, I'm mad at myself.
1: Yeah. And then you can like, is that true? Like, no, it's not true. Right. (laughs) Right. But it feels true. Yeah. Feels true.
0: Right. It feels true. It's like, why do we get frustrated when our child, we have to say it four times. Because we think that they should come on the first time, because we think if we had taught them correctly that they would. So, again, I just thinking that awareness of like, what is it? And everyone has their different flavor, variety of what it is that kind of causes that um, frustration or annoyance. And again, that's such a great place to start. Then I always say, I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. Then I always say, like, okay, let's accept this. Great. This is who I am. Instead of beating ourselves up, ah, I'm having these thoughts that are creating this constant frustration and I'm in this spin cycle of frustration. Okay. Now, where do we want to go? This is what I call the planning and practicing. So, if we want to land on patience, we can learn how to create that. And what I love to tell people, and I love to remind myself with kids, we have lots of opportunities to practice.
1: That's right. They're <laughs> our greatest teachers.
0: Yes. And you know, if one thing happens, you know, on repeat with our children, it's going to keep happening. So we have lots of opportunities to give it a go. So I always say like, okay, great. So your children aren't coming on the first try. You don't want to be yelling at them. You know, how do you want to feel when they don't answer? I often I think patience is great, but I usually try to help myself and clients get to this place of acceptance. Yes, because then I feel that we can show up and teach them, right? We don't want our children to be running well. And it's not acceptance like, ah, well, whatever. They can just run around, run amok. Because of course we want to raise respectful and kind children who know how to follow the rules and want to help out whatever our family values are.
1: Yes. I love how you brought up acceptance because when when I get to that place after it's happened... And I can accept that it happened and it happened because, you know, not because of them. And I take that responsibility. Then I decide what do I want to do next? Like you just mentioned. And oftentimes for me, it is, I want to go apologize. I want to ask them for their forgiveness. And when I do that, then I realize that I'm being an example of, okay, no, I'm not a perfect mom. And I did take responsibility and I can show them like, this is what we think, you know, is part of our quote, good mom is to be an example to them. And that often means that we have to apologize and, you know, ask for forgiveness and say, we're going to try something different next time.
0: I think that's a hundred percent. I love that you took it back to us because again, it just really Mm -hmm. reaffirms that we need to have that self-compassion. And two, I think it really helps a lot of us to realize that we can have acceptance for our kids. So, right. Because a lot of times we think, well, they just aren't behaving appropriately. And then I get angry. Like, why can't you act like I want that doesn't help change their behavior. Years ago, I took a parenting course, love and logic. And they talk about giving you know, consequences with empathy. And I thought that's all fine and good, but I'm frustrated at this point. Yes. How do I, how do I, you know, give a consequence that's appropriate with empathy when I'm feeling frustrated. And now I realize, ah, you can't, it's very, very difficult. So again, when I come to a place in myself of acceptance for my child, then I can say like, ah, I can either let that go and, or from a place of love and acceptance, I can say that's not appropriate. That's not how we talk. And you know, this is the consequence.
1: But right now, wouldn't you agree that the moms who are out there and we yell that, and they don't know, they haven't been able to apply this work yet, right? Where your thoughts create your feelings and then drive how you're showing up as a mom, what they will latch onto are thoughts that bring on the feeling of shame.
0: Yes. I'm a horrible mother.
1: And then the yeah. shame, it, that, that's where I see this part of then, you know, layering on top of that first, they're guilty, then they feel shameful. But then I want to just kind of say, like, then when you're feeling shame, then what do you do? Right? Yeah. Maybe you certainly hide. don't
0: show up as your best self.
1: Yeah. So the ones that are thinking that it's their kids, that they have these thoughts that, well, I have difficult kids. Like you don't understand my kids. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say I just say explore
0: that. I'm like, wow. When you think the thought over and over, and it's usually in your subconscious, oh, I have such difficult children. Our brain loves to go to work finding evidence for that. And you're, that's all you're going to see. It's kind of like taking a microscope and like tuning in exactly what are all the difficult things that your child does. I try to help my clients kind of erase that. I'm like, oh, that's probably not helpful when we thinking like, oh, they're so challenging.
1: Right. For instance. Right. So just no explore thinking. that a little yeah. bit. Like
0: what, what is it that makes them difficult? And to, I always say, what are we forgetting to remember? Tell me the most delightful things about this child. Oh my goodness. Then all of a sudden their eyes get wide. They're so funny. They're so, you know, curious and imaginative. I'm like, ah, good. Now at least we've got our view wider than just looking at all the challenges that this child presents to you.
1: Yes. And then if you do the same for yourself, right? So, okay, what is it that I'm not paying attention to about myself? Why is it that I'm in situations that I'm allowing to keep myself being stressed and overwhelmed and feeling out of control, right? That, you know, the way that you would say, okay, what is it that I am doing well as a mom to take the focus on this one little part that you may have yelled or lost it at some point? 100% But 100%
0: right. we, we look at, you know, and again, our brains are trained this way, right? We're wired to look for danger. We're wired to keep our children alive, to see everything that's quote unquote going wrong. So, okay, good to know, but let's widen the view, ask yourself, okay, this, I don't love about being bomb, but what are all the wonderful things that I do as a mom? Give ourselves credit for that. It helps open up. I just love opening up the horizon of what we're looking at, whether it's ourself or our children or anyone around us for that matter.
1: Yeah. So what would you say to a mom who is like, just very simply wanting to be like, I want to stop yelling?
0: Yeah. I love that question. I'm like, okay, number one, you're not broken, right? We have these ideas that like the perfect mom never yells. And then I explore that. Is that true? Can you be an amazing mother and still yell sometimes? And then we talk about how, you know, apologizing to our children. Like, isn't that an amazing gift? Isn't it wonderful to show our children that we too are human and can have the emotions and get frustrated and apologize? I personally think that's an amazing gift. And yet we do want to yell less. And this is when I just say, let's get curious. What are the top five triggers that make you yell? And people can easily rattle those off. And usually yes, they mention good. the things when they don't come, when I call, when there's a mess, you know, those sorts of things. And then I take it the next step. Okay. What are you thinking about that situation?
1: And really and just then, getting at that root of what yeah, they're To thinking. get to
0: the root of it. Exactly. And then like, what are you feeling? Or I will often ask people like, what are your top three emotions that cause you to yell? I find them to be often frustration and annoyance. Interestingly enough, it's not typically anger, but.
1: Yeah, I've noticed for myself it's definitely stress. Like when I'm stressed about something else, yes. then my daughter comes in the room and asks me to do something and I it has nothing to do with her. Yes. Right? And yes. then that's where it just trigger triggers, but I see it's about me. It's not about her.
0: Yes. And a lot of my clients who are trying to get out the door in the morning to get to work and get their little ones bundled up, that time urgency, that feeling of stress is often the perfect
1: example. And then how about right now, depending on when you're listening to this episode, right? We have a lot of moms who are now at home, children are home, they're doing homeschooling, and now they're finding or believing that they have a lot less patience.
0: One hundred percent. And they're thinking again, thoughts on repeat, like I'm not a teacher, I need to be doing other things. All these things that just fuel that stress, frustration, overwhelm. And just one other thing that I talk to my clients to about, you said it's typically not about us. I always talk about this thing called the emotional baseline. And mm-hmm. when we're neutral. Like we can handle most things. I mean, this just, again, I like to explain that this proves that it's not the circumstance. It's not the mess all over the floor that makes us mad. Cause there might be some time where we're feeling great. We've had good sleep. We've, you know, taken care of ourselves, Nothing particularly stressful has gone on. And then we see this big mess and we might like chuckle like, huh. Children, they're so funny. Right.
1: Exactly. Whereas other
0: times we might be coming off a few nights where we haven't slept as well, where we are stressed about paying bills and then someone, you know, then we see the mess and then it's like the straw that breaks the camel's back. So depending where we are on that emotional, excuse me, emotional baseline, um, whether we're more neutral or we're feeling more stressed or more kind of content makes a big difference how we react too.
1: Right. And so for my moms, I am helping them have more peace in their life. And then with this podcast, especially it's all about having a peaceful mind. So what are, let's just kind of recap before a mom yells, right? Yes. What, what are some of like those main ways to have peace of mind? Well, actually like before, during and after, like, Let's just give, give them some examples of what they could be thinking.
0: Awesome. And this is exactly where I say we have lots of opportunities to practice. So I say, let's create three thoughts that we can think about this situation. I call them back pocket thoughts. Mm. Like what are, you know, if this is going to happen again. The, the child isn't going to come to dinner or whatever it might be. How do we want to think about that to create a feeling of patience or calm or again, I often go to acceptance. So oftentimes then you just practice. So if I think the thought like, of course they're children, this is normal. That makes me feel accepting when they're bickering with one another, instead of thinking, oh my gosh, I'm a horrible mother on default. They shouldn't be yelling at one another. I practice the thought, they're kids and this is normal. And then from the place of acceptance, I can show up and say, hey kids, it's getting a little loud. You wanna take that downstairs or take it outside. And, or I can just like gently walk away. I can decide what I want to do from that place of acceptance and calm versus just the reaction, my default, you know, pathway of getting frustrated. So that's what I would say is just like working with every individual and saying, okay, how do you want to feel? You want to feel calm in this situation? Then just what do you need to think to remind yourself that, you know, you generate this feeling of calm and And practice it.
1: And then I especially want moms to, because it will happen and it does happen. And hopefully less often when they learn this work about it, taking responsibility and, you know, having different thoughts about it so that they can feel differently. Right. But I do know that afterwards, this is where I also want moms to be able to have more peace of mind that they, because they have Yelled at their kids, I see, yes. and they didn't stop yeah. themselves. Yeah. Okay. Since that happened, let's not argue that it that it did. Right. Now, how can you not go into that that loop that brings on shame? And yeah. I want them to have compassion for themselves after the fact, too, to be able to hurry up and regain peace of mind, knowing I'm just human, make mistakes. For me,
0: that really helps, and that's what I share with people just like I am human, I make mistakes. We all know that, right? We're here on earth to have this experience. We make mistakes, right? And to ask for forgiveness is really great, but just to like, forgive yourself. Like I am human, this is okay. I'm a great mom. And again, these are not just mantras. Like I'm a great mom, I'm a great mom. Like, no, remind yourself about all the wonderful things that you do for your children. I love my children. And I yell sometimes, like sometimes just even those gentle thoughts. Like, it's okay. I'm
1: working on this habit. And if you're a mom who yells more than you would like to, you don't have to rely on that, on your past and look to your past that that's how you've always been. And then you start labeling yourself that way. And then, you know, feeling, uh, thinking thoughts like you can't change. But on the other hand, you know, that all the power lies with where you are right now, after you've yelled or to make the decision, how do I want to do things differently moving forward and it only matters what you are thinking and believing about yourself as a mom and your actions that you're taking right now to create a different future.
0: I agree 100%. And the other thing is to realize again our brain loves to do things efficiently and create patterns. And so, okay, we've created this pattern, some of us of yelling. I can create a new pattern. I'm working on creating a new habit. I love my kids and I'm working on yelling less. To remind yourself of that, I'm not broken because I like lost it. I'm working on it.
1: Yeah. And this, of course, is what we do as coaches, right? We help those who want to make changes in their patterns of thinking so that they can create a different future
0: yes and i think sometimes when you're in it you're kind of stuck and you don't even realize it so to have like a loving set of outside eyes um a little bit of objective view of what's going on they can kind of give us a little glitch to like or excuse me a little tip to kind of get out of that stuck pattern
1: yeah perfect michelle thank you so much for coming on to talk to us about this very important subject that i know a lot of moms need to know you know when we get together we're all kind of we're on the same path we're dealing with the same things and yes. we sometimes yell but we do want to learn how to stop um we all are after more patience and gentleness right two fruits of the spirit i know that i have asked uh god for the fruits of the spirit many times yes yes oh
0: my goodness yes so and thank
1: i think and i believe in that for sure and to
0: you can learn to create it. I think that that's part of it, right? You know, I think understanding that, yes, we can ask for grace. We can ask for all of this. And two, we can learn to, you know, create it within ourselves so we can share it to those around us. We can show up more how we want to. Perfect. Hey, mamas, it's me again. I hope you found that conversation to be as helpful as I did. I want to share Danielle's information. She's a fantastic coach. And if you are a Catholic mom who'd like to check her out, please check out her website, Danielle Tienel, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E, Tienel, T-H-I-E-N-E-L.com. And also, she has this fantastic weekly podcast called the Peaceful Mind Podcast for Catholic moms. Thanks for taking time and listening today. And until next week, Peace and love to you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more, come join my Facebook group, Mama Docs Who Yell and Want to Stop. Can't wait to see you there.